Good morning, everybody. This is the Hardcore Mortgage Podcast, brought to you by Capital Mortgage Funding, always powered by Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation, Equal Housing Lender, 2289 is in our, uh, that is our MLS number. We have to say those things to be compliant, everybody. And today, we have on our panel, our normal panel, Becky Alley, Lisa Lawson. Lisa's having some technical difficulties, and she pops in, as Roberto likes to say. Uh, we'll put her on. But we have John Colvin, Harvey Free. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Yeah, we're going to throw around a couple of topics today. But, you know, you know, guys, we're in an interesting time now, an interesting phenomenon. We all know the COVID-19 pandemic, what that has done, specifically here in Michigan, what it's done. It's created an eight to 10 week delay and now a pent up demand on purchase transactions. Realtors were allowed to come back in, uh, in our world May 7th, May 8th. And now what we're seeing is a burgeoning purchase market created by that pause of March, April, and part of May. And right now, I can tell you, sharing this with you right now at 11 a.m. on Wednesday, June 17th, our refinance transactions have succumbed to purchase transactions. In other words, finally, applications for new home purchases in our area are outpacing the record number of refinance transactions and the record low interest rates that we're having. So there are a couple things, John Cole, that we have to let people know that they have to do to be ready for the purchase transactions. But right now, the numbers are largely in the favor of sellers, uh, home buyer demand is has been pent up. Um, John, what are you experiencing right now? Just you know, a lot of happy people getting uh, getting their houses sold quickly, and also a lot of happy people that are buying new homes. They're excited for you know something different to get out of this funk that we've been in for the last what four months, and uh, you know to just to get into a new home and a new experience and and put the put the past in the past um you know we got some really really uh aggressive realtors out there that are uh pushing offers you know appraisal guarantees uh and you know it's just the way that things have to be done right now because there's a lot of cash offers out there and you just got to make sure that you're getting your offer accepted by working with a, a local professional that is uh is uh doing the job that that's best for you Hi, Lise. I think she's on, guys. Lisa finally made it. Yeah, the rose between all the thorns, baby. That's how this works. Hey, Harry, I'll jump in. The housing market's biggest thorn coming into 2020 was going to be the inventory. And, of course, with COVID-19 out there, this pandemic has caused a lot of the new construction home builders to stay on the sidelines. Well, and, of course, any of the projects they've had, they haven't been able to work on the homes for about three months. So the new construction is really lagging. It's sort of the, the only weakness right now in the housing sector is probably the inventory. On the other hand, that's creating a really nice situation for the sellers out there. Now, we keep continuously talking about it as although it's a seller's market, as many of the sellers, if not all of them, are buyers also. And how, how important it is to have those professionals setting up the timing and the purchase agreements accordingly so that people can sell their house, accept contracts, and uh, have the confidence that they're going to find a house to move into. Well, Harvey and Lisa and John, that is that is kind of uh, uh, the dilemma. If you're going to sell your house, you need somewhere to go, right? So where are all these people going, and in what time frame are they going in, Lisa? 
I would say the majority of them, at least with my clientele, are, are negotiating occupancy. Um, when the sellers market free occupancy for 30 days and they're usually paying for another 30 and it's in the contract. So they may be paying um, between day 31 and 60. They're, you know, in essence, paying rent to live in their own home, but it gives them that time to find a place um, and get closed. Some of them are trying to do their best to do simultaneous. They're looking um, while they're selling, but that doesn't always work out with everybody's schedule. So that's one of the things I've got people moving in with family people who have someone who rented an extended stay for a month. I mean, people are coming up with creative ways to get it done. Yeah. I'm going to go ancient history on you guys. That's exactly what I did. When I sold our first house, when I got married, I sold the house in a record time and I took my wife and at the time, probably how old was my son at the time? Three, four or five months. We went ahead and we rented an apartment. Now, I'm not advocating it. It's different strokes for everybody, but it goes like this. The most important part of the transaction, if you can get your price or your terms, is selling your house. Okay? Get that one transaction done. And, you know, if you have to find temporary quarters, a lot of people are living with people, Lisa. A lot of mm -hmm. people are moving in a temporary stay, extended stay, month-to-month -month leases, a six-month lease on an apartment. There's all kinds of things, but it's very, the most important part of the transaction is selling your existing house. John, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, if you want to make sure you're guaranteed that you've got your house closed, sold, and, and money in pocket before you buy a new house, then it's just something that you got to do. You know, I've got a client right now that is um, buying a new house before he sold his other, his other house, and he was planning on taking a 401k loan from his, uh, from his current uh, retirement account until he sold his house well he's sold his house in record time uh closing a couple of weeks after the purchase of the new home so we're trying to negotiate so that he can just do it all at the same time instead of taking that 401k loan that's going to cost him about three thousand dollars in extra fees to be able to do so but you know the seller's got a time crunch you know it's, it's a domino effect the seller's got a time crunch the seller so is yeah, so the biggest thing, John, that we're seeing right now is that, but it's about getting your documentation in order. Because if you're selling a house, you're going to need to find a house. If you're looking for homes and you're actually on the market, and, and I know we say some of the same things in every podcast, but that just shows how important it is. The documentation of having a complete loan application in place and with the full cooperation of the prospective borrower. We need everybody's cooperation because, you know, it's kind of like the old adage, you know, you can't bake a cake without the right ingredients, right? So this is the ingredients part. And I know Harvey's a big stickler with his clients. And not that Lisa and John, you aren't because you both are, but I'm bringing it up to Harvey because Harvey puts together a very nice application package. Harvey, share some of the things that you actually talk to your clients about. Well, if you got to put it in an email form. You got to put it in print. People have to be able to read it and the communication. Nothing will uh, ever take place uh, for the communication. And, and we really start off the transaction when the families call us, stressing the importance of a smooth transaction and how the documentation plays the most significant role in it. Um, to continue the conversation and bringing mortgages into home buying, Harry, uh, as we talked about, not a lot of inventory out there. Uh, many of the folks out there, we've got the renovation loans back. So we are doing the FHA 203K loans are back. 
Um, we like them on the higher loan amounts. Also, the, uh, the conventional products are back. Um, but for a lot of families out there that are having trouble finding that house, that, uh, that house in a new neighborhood, or, or if they really like where they're living now, it's another alternative to considering maybe doing a cash out refinance or a renovation loan to fix that space that they live in. Uh, again, I, I like talking about things that COVID-19 exposed. And that was another thing that our home space might not be what we want as we were trapped in there for uh, an extended period of time. Everyone's now looking for the home office and some other uh, amenities. So with that in mind, the home, the cash out refinance might be able to fix you up or fix up your house or your home space now so you don't have to get out there in the market and look for a new home. Yeah, but let's face it, everybody, and Lisa, let's face it. If you are looking to buy a house, you need money. There's no free ride here. There's, there's nobody's going to give you anything. So we need to verify, even if you're, even if you have a 3%, 3.5% down FHA transaction, you still have to come up with 3.5% plus closing costs, okay? Unless there's seller's concessions. The documentation process, ladies and gentlemen, it starts with where is the money coming from? And when we talk about Harvey putting together a great application process, you can't have two thirds of the items on the list and expect it to come out okay. You need 100% of the items. There are things that are gonna come up. How about a divorce? How about child support? How about trust documentation? Okay, how about inheritance? How about all contact information from everybody on the team, from accountants to lawyers to realtors and all the information, homeowners insurance? How about all of that? If we don't have all of that as part of the ingredients that go into building your loan file, it's not going to get done properly. And by the way, if you go to somebody who's really inexperienced, it's going to make it worse. Lisa? Well, I was just thinking, you know, it's, I always kind of warn people, it's a lot of documentation up front, but it makes for a smooth transaction. You know, when you miss things, underwriters are going to assume if you haven't documented funds, they want to know, is it a gift? Is it coming out of your 401k? Are we getting copies of checks? Is it inheritance? They don't know. So they're going to assume, I hate to say the worst, but the worst. And it can make something that could have been simple, very messy, um, if you kind of don't spell it out for them. So you know, I believe in getting it all up front. I think we all do. We're all known for very clean files, getting it in, getting it out. Um, you know, and I know sometimes it can be irritating because your your loan officer will be like, I need a copy of the back of the check. I need a copy. You know, they're like, what's the difference? There's nuances to everything. There's reasons why we're asking, um, you know, and we're trying to make this as smooth a possible transaction without making it messy. You know, everybody wants to quit close. Everybody wants to close on time. Nobody wants to have a purchase agreement date that says the 15th of a month and then you're not closing until the 30th or the 15th of the following month. Our goal is to close on time and that's, and that's part of it, you know, getting everything up front and everything that we ask for. Well, well said, Lisa. Hey, we definitely um, are the strongest, one of the strongest things that have been going on in the economy has been we've been able to work through this and help a lot of families reduce their home expenses by taking advantage of these low interest rates. Uh, we've always transitioned in the mortgage industry to an online process, and most of it is online. But we talk about these tough conversations. Yes, everything's online, but we do have to get these documents from you. Harry, you said it. If you're being asked for a lot of additional documentation, that's probably the best thing you can hear from your, your loan officer who's really on top of the ball, and he wants that process to go smooth for you. And, and that's the key. It's, sometimes we have to ask for some tough documentation from you whether it be a divorce judgment or something 
to clarify something in the past. And I would say too, you know, and I don't know about you guys, but I get a lot of things that are unsigned. Like here's my divorce decree from 10 years ago, but I don't have a signed copy. Well, the reality is, is if you ever look at a divorce decree in the state of Michigan and there's no date on it, it doesn't even mean it's been filed. It could be your future divorce decree. There's right. reasons why things need to be fully executed. Um, and so that's another big thing. Or my favorite is, and I'm sure you guys get this too, you get a 10 page bank, uh, bank statement and you're missing page nine. And then you say, hey, I need page nine. And they say, but it's left intentionally blank. Even though in my instructions, I need all pages, including those left intentionally blank. And they said, what does the underwriter need a blank page for? And I said, well, how does the underwriter know it's blank? Your bank statement might be 10 pages, but mine's only four. So that blank page is different. And that's why every page is required. I know it sounds tedious. I know it sounds petty, but there's specific reasons why we ask for those things. So, right? right. Yeah. So, um, John, tell me about a little bit about uh, what's going on with refinancing right now. What are you seeing? Any, have there been any holdups for you? Have there been any different types of documentation regarding the COVID situation? It seems people are coming back to work. It seems that that storm has passed. Nope. Talk well, we about got a new, that. We got a new storm. We got a new storm. It's called, uh, it's called forbearance and it sucks because, you know, it is not something that people should do. And I know, Harry, you don't like to talk about this word. Let's not even bring it up. But it is something that people don't didn't understand. They're getting themselves into it. And it makes your loan ineligible. And sometimes your refinance and or your purchase then becomes not able to be done. And okay. it's, uh, it's no, do you think, do you think their current servicer explained that to them when they went through that? Absolutely not. Um, I have but, one right now. Yep. I have one right now, John. Same yep. thing is like this. This is my last month and my first payments due July 1st. He wants to sell and buy a house. I said, no, you can't. You, you literally well, technically are out of forbearance until the 1st of July. And there's requirements depending on the type of forbearance of how many payments they have to make before they're eligible again. Right. So, you know, I know it's an ugly word and people don't want to talk about it, but it's important. I mean, sometimes you yeah. got to wait to refine. Yeah, I'm going to tell you there are three bad F words in the mortgage <laughs> business. The F words in the mortgage business are fraud, foreclosure, and forbearance. Yeah. We don't like to talk about any of those things because it just um, doesn't happen or rarely happens here. And the reason that I don't like to bring it up is because, and I'm going to just put it out there, we're a nation of sheep. And sheep tend to follow. And if they hear the word forbearance, and they're going to say, well, you know, I'm employed. It hasn't hurt me. I don't have financial hardship. But, you know, my neighbor's not making their mortgage payment. I want some of that free money. Okay? That, that's not what this is for. That This is not a financial instrument. It's not a financial tool. It can only get you in trouble. So not reason, be, reason behind I don't talk about fraud is because we just don't perpetuate fraud. The reason why I don't talk about foreclosure is because it rarely comes up in our world here because we educate. I certainly don't talk about forbearance because it's certainly not an option. <clears throat> it, is, it is not an option with the people that we're currently dealing with. If, it, if there's a one-off, if Lisa, you have it as a one-off, address it. John, if you have it as a one-off, address it. Harvey, if you have it as a one-off, address it. I don't have that. And I'm telling you, that it's a huge mistake 
to get involved in conversations with people that those things do not apply to. So I challenge all of us. I challenge our staff. I challenge our community that if you're having a problem, address it one-on-one. You don't need to get into a big discussion about it. You need to take terms, uh, take it in terms of specifically situational, like baseball, as I always say, it's situational. So there doesn't need to be a big broadcast about it. That's just my opinion. And unlike a lot of people, I believe opinions can be wrong. Everybody's entitled to it, but it doesn't mean I'm right. I don't think we're perpetuating um, forbearance. I think the issue is when people call after their forbearance issue, period is over and they've made, they're trying to make their first payment. They think they can refi and they're calling us to release me to refi, or they want to sell their house and buy another one. They don't understand. They're not eligible. It has nothing to yeah. do with we're, we're perpetuating. Oh, you should go and forbear. These are people who lost their jobs, went back to work. I mean, that was the decision they made. Didn't call us first, whatever it's already done. And I think it's important to let people know that it absolutely will and, and can affect your future ability to be approved for a mortgage. There's no refi, question it will. Right. No Whether it's a well, refi or a purchase. And I, and that's what I think the message needs to be. You know, Here. obviously there are people who lose their jobs and that was the only way they could make ends meet. And I'm never going to tell somebody, you know, I'm not in their shoes. I don't know. We're not, we're not, you know, perpetuating that this is the answer, but realize that there's going to be a consequence and you may have to, you know, I hate to say suck it up buttercup, but you're not moving right now because you just have, you know, this forbearance issue. You're not going to be able to refi for a while. People have to understand that there will be that, that, I hate to use the word consequence, but the consequence of, of that forbearance period. Don't you agree, Lisa, I, Yeah, Lisa, if I could jump in on that one. There's, yeah. It's just another reason why there's more and more weight being put on borrowers to be prepared, to, to mm-hmm. truly have that approval letter because of all the variables out there. And now, of course, with the pandemic variables, with whether it be the unemployment situation or if they were willing to do some stupid things like decide to miss payments intentionally, but the unemployment figures are still very high. Um, they were readjusted. And we really still think that the second half of this year is just going to be dynamic. Uh, potentially, some of the uh, buyers out there will find more inventory closer to the end of summer. Um, but that's still right now with um, COVID still on everyone's mind with some increases in some of the states that have uh, lightened up on the restrictions with those numbers going up. We still feel that across the country and specifically here in Michigan, many sellers are still on the sidelines and they haven't put their homes on the market yet. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a different time and we're always learning every single day. And, you know, it's a juggling act. Well, hopefully yeah. the Larry June of the, the National Association of Realtors has already sucked it up for 2020 as they were predicting 2020 to be this huge year. Now, of course, the predictions have moved on to 2021. And uh, with the vaccine potentially uh, ready in 2021 and more families able to get their house and move forward, uh, maybe the builders will it'll gain some uh, confidence in the building sector. Well, we'll even see more and more of the builders dive back into new construction and you'll see more of those projects going up. Yeah. Well, I, I look at I look at it several different issues, and from where I'm sitting, and from what I'm seeing, and I'm experiencing within our own little world here in southeastern Michigan, the state of Michigan, I can only tell you that there are way more positives than negatives. 
I can tell you that the home purchase market is up. I can tell you that refinance transactions are, are going strong. I can tell you interest rates are down. I can tell you that new construction, the builders I talk to can't get enough, uh, can't get enough of their, you know, workers there to get the product that they need out. I can tell you that it's opened up right now. And what caused that was a 10 week delay. There is no doubting that. At the turn of 2019 to 2020, the purchase market was very, very strong. Then we ran into what we ran into at the end of February, beginning of March, and then it went full-blown pandemic around the middle to the end of March here. We've been one of the last states to open up. And oh, by the way, this is not a political endorsement. It was a very smart thing. You see what happens when states opened up early, even this week, they've had to shut back down. Um, social distancing here in our office, guess what? We still have the majority of our people are working from home. That has not changed and that probably will not change. However, in the real world of home buying and financial marketplaces right now, there is a lack of inventory on the market. And what people need to do, they need to make sure they have all their ducks in a row. They need to have all their documentation. Two-thirds of documentation isn't going to cut it. We need 100% of the documentation to be there. People, you need to be ready because there are multiple offers and overbids going on right now. Anybody who says differently, they're not, up, they're not doing any business. I'm coming straight out and I'm telling you, they're doing no business if they're not telling you the truth. Truth is, multiple offers, overbidding on houses. How long will it last? I don't know. I'm not a weatherman. I don't make bad predictions. I can tell you this, that John's working overtime, Lisa's working overtime, Harvey's working overtime. We've got our staff on overtime, and it is extremely busy. And we need help from our clients, our realtor partners, our builder partners, our financial partners, to make sure that we have the documentation that we need to go ahead and close these loans, purchase transactions we can get out in 30 days without a problem. Not running into a problem on purchase transactions. Are you guys running into a problem? Not on purchase. Not on purchases, no. It's the, it's the hurry up and wait mentality, even with purchases. You know, you got to get them in, make sure that you've uh, you got all your disclosures out, you, you're tracking that. You know, we have people that were pounding all the way till eight, nine o'clock at night. Make sure you sign your uh, initial closing disclosure uh, so that we can close in three days. I mean, that's nothing new. Uh, it's just it seems that people are a little bit more lax on uh, following protocol, and we're just uh, we're, we're running around uh, and making sure that we're uh, what I call adult babysitting here and getting people to uh, follow the rules so that we can make sure that we meet their closing dates. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling them what they need to do so I can meet their date. And and it's just it's 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 a lot of work. But guess what? We're up for it, and we're going to get it done for you. Yeah. Final thoughts, everybody. Harvey, I'm going to go to you first, and Elisa, John, I'll wrap it up. Give us your final thoughts, Harvey. Great. Well, if you're out there shopping for a home, it's never been this it, this competitive. So we can keep stressing it. Get a real approval letter. Uh, if you haven't supplied your documentation, then you don't have a real approval letter. And also make sure that you're dealing with a lender like Capital Mortgage Funding. Give us a call. Get us on your team. That way, when your listing agent calls. You're going to get quick answers. You have to have people that are willing to answer the phone and they're to service you all the way through the transaction. Lisa Lawson. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, you have to be available. 
Um, and sometimes people think that means you have to answer the phone right away. Sometimes that doesn't work out. I'm already on the phone. But leave us a message. Every one of us is going to call you back or email you back or text you back. You know, you have to be available. You have to communicate, you know, and my other little tip is if something comes up in the, in the process as a, and you're trying to buy a home and, and things like you've opened a new trade line or you found out a collection of your credit report, please let your loan officer know as soon as you find out, you know, part of that communication thing is even the bad stuff. You know, a lot of times we can, we can fix a lot of things with, you know, but the more time we have to do it, the better. So just stay in contact, be upfront and we'll get through it. John Kolb, you have the last word this morning. You know, as always, just happy to be uh, out here working and, and helping people out. And, you know, I'm going to stick with that and keep rolling. And, you know, like Lisa said, make sure you keep us in uh, in touch with what's going on. It's it's impossible to go backwards in time. So make sure you let us know what you're thinking on the forefront so that we can advise you the best way and uh, and go from there. Yep, everybody. I'm going to wrap it up by saying nowhere else in the mortgage universe will you get the hardcore answers to your hardcore questions. We're gonna give you the hardcore truth. We're gonna tell it like it is. We're gonna tell you not to be sheep. Don't listen to your brother's mother's sister's father-in-law's uncle who claims they got a 1% mortgage on a 50-year fixed rate mortgage. Doesn't happen, okay? Called, you guys are laughing. We get calls all day long like that. We're gonna tell it like it is. Been doing this for a very long time. You've got over 100 years of mortgage experience just on this podcast right now. And when Becky Alley joins us, that's 120 years or more. Actually, it's way more than that. Um, everybody, you got to stay safe. You got to stay healthy. Stay your social distancing. And by the way, business is getting done. A lot of business is getting done. You just need the professionals on your team. That would be Harvey Freed. John Cole, Becky Alley, Lisa Lawson, myself, our entire staff here at Capital Mortgage Funding, out of state, 1-800-3-LOW-RATE, in-state, 1-800-LOW-RATE, locally, 248-569-7283. We're always going to give it to you straight. You might like it. You might not like it. That's just our style. We believe in it. It's worked. Make sure you go ahead, take your time, get all your ducks in a row, put us on your team. We'll take care of your mortgage for you. For Harvey, John, Becky Alley, Lisa Lawson, Roberto Beauchene, our producer-director in the booth. He's manning us up there. This is Harry Glantz, Capital Mortgage Funding, Hardcore Mortgage Podcast for Wednesday, June 17, 2020. Be safe out there, everybody.